Hello, welcome back to Learn It From a Layman. I am Carl Christensen, joined today by Cameron again, Matt, and Tim. I would like to eat some more cocks. I'm always hungry. <laughs> which explains our topic for today's podcast, which is the basics of diets. Um, So there'll be a lot to cover here. There's a lot of information about diets and uh, the various types of diets, why you would want a diet, um, the different outcomes and goals of the diets help facilitate. Um, But before we do that, we have to put out our disclaimer. Do not do anything (laughs) that we say on this podcast. You might die. (laughs) This isn't this is not medical advice. Johnny is not on this podcast. So <laughs> um and yes, um we we try to do our best at researching facts and but always remember that you learn you're learning it from a layman. So not a doctor. Not even close to a doctor. <laughs> Except Johnny, but that's different. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Well let's let's dive in here. Um, diets. So generally, when you hear the word diet, you probably think uh, weight loss. Um, I think or that's soda. at least. <laughs> do you do you think soda? That, that might be a topic. <laughs> that's a good. Cho- that is a good choice. Um, however, not helpful in diets, Matt. Um, though diets, there are multiple types of diets, not just the type of food that you're eating or the calorie restrictions that you're going on. But, but sometimes there are people out there that go on diets to gain weight, right? So losing weight, diet, dieting is not synonymous with losing weight. Uh, it can be something that you do to gain weight. It can also be something you're doing for other medical purposes, right? So the three types of diets really are your weight loss diet, your weight gain diet, and your health motivated diet, um, which might not have the outcome to lose a particular type of weight, but instead achieve a particular medical outcome. Um, So whatever, wherever you are uh, looking at any of these diets, our our goal in this podcast is to discuss a few of those, um, the the various types of food diets and or calorie restrictions that, and how they play into these different uh, types of dieting. Uh, obviously, by far and away, the majority of uh, those listening and myself included have probably gone on weight loss diets before. Um, probably not a lot of us go on weight gain diets. Tim accepted, of course. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> Got to bulk up I, for those middle school fights. That's right. No, I've never actually like done a weight gain diet, but I have tried to gain weight, you know. So yeah, put on, put on a little muscle, you know, going out for the NFL, right, Tim? Indeed, they need water boys. <laughs> Do they need large it's water boys? Derailing again. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay, um, and and then health health purpose diets are and so that that can be both for those that struggle with anorexia people that struggle with you know diabetes or a particular you know uh, maybe a high cholesterol or hypertension 
uh, lots of reasons that you'd want to uh, cut or change the the foods that you eat in order to not even necessarily drop uh, weight, but to you know cut out salt, which uh, adds you know uh, for example points. For example, yeah. cuts cuts out uh, you cut out salt to you know to take help with your blood uh, your blood pressure. So and, and um, I'll add, add to this: you, you've got people who. Um, have to restrict their diets for not just health, but for medical reasons. So, you know, say someone with celiacs, um, can't oh, sure. yep. gluten, um, you know, I, we've got a, um, we know someone who, who actually has to keep salt out of her diet, um, because of how it affects her, um, like in her ear or something, but you, you know, Crohn's and, uh, and various things, allergies. So, yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, so what we're going to do is start with citing a doctor because this, I think, is uh, the way to go when it's a bunch of us talking about things that we have some passing familiarity with. Can I also uh, so, just reemphasize our disclaimer? Before you do anything, <laughs> go see a real doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, Johnny would actually be the ideal person to have, so we try to exclude people that would be ideal because not only is Johnny a doctor, his wife is a dietitian. So totally well. not layman. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, in this case, Amanda Holzer, she is a, a dietitian, um, suggests the, these following questions when you're starting a new diet. And while I think she was probably uh, discussing specifically weight loss diets, I think these are relevant actually for any of these uh uh, different types of diets. So first question, is the diet sustainable? <clears throat> I guess in the case of weight gain diets, it doesn't actually need to be sustainable, but for every other type of diet, um, you need to ask the question of sustainability, right? Um, does it need to be forever, right? If you are severely restricting calories, probably doesn't need to be forever, but if you severely restrict calories only, to then let loose and go back to normal plus some, um, you know, what, what exactly are you achieving? Uh, if you are trying to, uh, you know, cut out, uh, take care of your hypertension, so your, your blood pressure, and you so you start cutting salt, is that sustainable? Can you actually do that long term, or is this a, a gut reaction, a knee-jerk reaction to, you know, going and visiting the doctor, and he's saying, oh, you know, I need, you need uh, to you know, drop your blood pressure or you're going to put on blood pet, blood pressure medication. Uh, if you then cut salt and then a month later you're saying, well, that's ruining my life, then it, that's not sustainable, right? So ask yourself, well, what can I do sustainably? Also, ask so yourself what kind of life you're living if salt is the deciding factor <laughs> as to whether or not your life is ruined. <laughs> a lot of popcorn, Matt. A lot. A lot of popcorn. And, that's actually and, a fair point. <laughs> and, and eating salt, food that's like not salted, it's really, you know, can be pretty bland. Especially t Tim, when he goes out back and picks his okra, he wants some salt on that before he eats it. Absolutely. Fresh okra with salt is sublime. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, the original point was when you consider sustainability really so seriously seriously consider the cost benefit is are these things that you're going to be able to sacrifice or cut out as needed whether right. it be salt fat sugar yeah. whatever right. 
Yep. And, and we'll, what oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going <laughs> I was going to take a moment to plug in my two bits on sustainability by, um, I'm going to, um, refer to two different, um, like people or sources. I've heard one is called tiny habits and one is called atomic habits. And they both kind of is, at least as far as I understand, kind of have the same basic concept. Whenever you are trying to, um, build or break a habit, trying to do it all in one go is generally not going to be successful. So what you do is you try to um, build in tiny um, incremental changes that are more sustainable. So let's say I, I have a goal of losing some weight rather than saying, all right, on this day, I'm going to kick it into high gear. I'm going to totally change my diet and everything. Um, instead, I might just make some tiny change. I might say, you know, the the one change I'm going to make this week is every time I go to eat a snack, I'm going to make myself eat three carrot sticks before and just kind of fill up on, on that so stuff. Self, before I, self-flagellation. <laughs> yeah, but that's no, flagellation. No, notice <laughs> I'm, I'm not like cutting out my snacks or doing anything. I'm just making a tiny change um, to that, that can be sustainable. And then, so once I get that going, then I can make another tiny change. All right. Now I've, um, I've, uh, you know, made a habit out of eating carrot sticks before I eat any of my, my preferred snacks. Um, now I'm going to make it out of when I, when I eat my preferred snack, I'm going to make myself do, uh, two minutes of exercise beforehand. So before I I have my snack, I'm going to make myself, you know, do uh, 10 pushups and 10 jumping jacks and, and, you know, 10 sit-ups or, or something like that, but, you know, make it tiny. You make these small incremental changes. Um, you're not trying to turn the boat around immediately, but just small little things that you can sustain. And this does two things. One, it makes the change manageable. It's not this huge thing that's looming over you. You're not having to give up everything or change everything. You just gotta, I've got to do, you know, 10 pushups and 10 sit-ups before I eat my snack. Okay. Um, I just got to eat a couple of carrot sticks. I can do that. Um, and, and then over time, as, as those habits become ingrained, you actually start to see change. So anyways, there, there's my two bits. Um, make your diet incremental, sustainable, blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, and we'll, and we'll talk about, um, so sustainability actually has a, more than more than just like, am I going to be able to sustain it? But as far as like mentally and willpower, it's also a question of can I financially sustain it? So if you decide that you the way the best way to uh, implement a specific diet is, uh, you know, buying you know whatever weight you know loss program there is out there, financially is it is it too much? Is it you know is it not achievable in that way? Or maybe as we're going to talk later about the Mediterranean diet. Well, if you're an American and you're eating American. And you decide I'm going to do the Mediterranean diet, <clears throat> but that's probably a massive switch. And even if mentally you can, maybe you're not aware of how much time it takes to prepare Mediterranean food or how it will affect those that you eat with frequently. <laughs> and uh, so there's the social aspects as well. Are those sustainable? So lots of things to consider as far as uh, sustainability goes. Second question uh, from Dr. Holser. I think she's a doctor. Um, is this diet overly restrictive? Um, so in that case, th that is related to sustainability, but it's also um, this question of whether or not it, it is 
a good diet, I guess. You know, is this is this something that uh, will will negatively affect your overall health? Even you know, if you're dropping weight but you're starving yourself, um, are there other vitamins you're you're dropping down on or, or um, anyway that type of thing? Um, question number three: Will you be able to live your life while on it? So that was that. What I've already essentially we're touching on there, there are social aspects to eating, right? A lot of eating is social. Um, and so if you suddenly implement a specific diet where, for example, let's say you knock sugar out of your diet. Good luck. Uh, sure. it, it, then let's say your friends call you up and say, we're going to go grab some dessert. You, what are you going to do? Sit hey, there and watch friends. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, if, if Matt calls you up and says, let's go grab some donuts. I uh, won't share with you. I'm sorry, dear listener. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, I would, you know, I would share my donuts with you. <laughs> Parenthetically, you an entirely off donuts. They're building a Krispy Kreme down the street from me. That might not be a good thing. Um, <laughs> there goes our Krispy Kreme endorsement. <laughs> but anyway, point taken on, uh, yeah. Social, social aspects of eating are, are general, are frequently not considered in, uh, in diets, but they are such an important part of it. And, mm-hmm. um, and because if you implement a diet, but your spouse does not, or if you're implementing a diet, uh, but you have to feed your children or, you know, you know, you're impl- implementing a diet, but then you're going to go on a long trip. Like there's so many social aspects of being able to control your the the food that you eat that the, those need to be taken into consideration. Um, a priori, a priori. Beforehand, layman terms. Oh right. Well, like I said it wrong. Does that? Um, <laughs> it's like a layman. <laughs> a four nope, time. Nope. Then you're just putting on airs. <laughs> Okay, and then Doctor, well, I said Doctor Mandelholzer asked, "Will you be adequately adequately nourished?" So also once again related to this overly restrictive, but essentially, you know, are you going to give yourself scurvy if you're going on a keto diet? <laughs> so you... anecdote incoming. Oh yes. <laughs> um, I was with a guy who was in a, you know, we were away for uh from home for a while. Um. We had to subsist on our own. Neither of us had spouses or partners to take care of us. And in this case, um, so, so this guy, he was actually in a different group. Um, but yeah, he was on a, a, a keto-like diet. And basically, his entire intake of food consisted of, I am not joking, cocktail weenies. Um and and all okay. he did was eat these meat products, and no kidding, he developed scurvy while we were <laughs> out on this uh, excursion. Um, That's horrifying. Yeah, and I mean this is a this is a work thing where you know we need people to be ready to do stuff and you know work, and this guy's you know his eyes are glazing over with scurvy scales or whatever. Um, I think finally somebody took him aside and said, dude, you have to drink this orange juice or something. But anyway, yeah, nutrition, it matters. It does matter. It does. So um, I think he was trying to do a weight gain diet. 
like trying to bulk up or something. I don't know. Muscles, yes. But that's uh, the the cocktail. Um, muscles uh, at the cocktail meanings of... would not be my choice to bulk up on. Look, <laughs> I'm not saying this guy particularly thought this through. Um, <laughs> Just, I don't know. But I mean, you guys know I'm I'm going to do a extreme starvation diet here in a few months or something like that. So yeah. Well, yes. I mean, under there's... a doctor's care. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. It will be under a doctor's supervision. And I, I had a friend who did a a um yeah ketosis or, or I guess that's the keto diet. But yeah, she had to go into the doctor like and and get checked and like you know you know have like injections of certain nutrients i think and that kind of thing it's so yeah the those extreme ones are kind of scary i think uh, although we've we've stated that you should not you know take any of our advice you should take our advice with a grain of salt i think that the um our round dismissal of the cocktail weenie diet you can take that one to the bank or the doctor (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Actually, you won't have to take it to the doctor. Just don't eat the cocktail weenie diet. (laughs) Yeah, cocktail weenie diet's not going to work for you. Not going to do good things. Okay, so we've ruled out cocktail weenies, and uh, we could we could finish the the podcast there. However, we we are not going to. One person Uh, at least would have benefited from that knowledge. Would have saved him scurvy. Um, okay. This is the type of thing that you don't think can happen. But, like, seriously, if you're not being wise and getting appropriate medical counseling before you jump into one of these things, that type of garbage can happen. Yeah. So yeah, you, don't yeah, be yeah. the guy that gets some, like, <laughs> archaic, you know, 15th century sailor's disease because you didn't <laughs> think his diet through counseling Ah yes. Okay. Um, Drink some OJ or any other citrus food. If he, yes, if he had just, just had orange juice dunce. and cocktail weenies, I'm sure there, <laughs> everything would have been fine. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's move on to di- the. So those are the questions that, uh, as you're considering, uh, the you know what what diet road you're going to be going down. But let's talk about the different types of diets. So, um, there's plant-based diets. Uh, and those are pretty self-explanatory, right? Those are obviously um, vegan, vegetarian, um, and uh, those are, you know, I guess it's not plant-based, but I've heard people that are flexitarian or pescatarian refer to themselves as uh, vegetarian or as plant-based. But when you're eating an animal, I don't know. Anyway. Um, well, I believe in the words of the great corn, which is a plant, it is okay to eat fish because they don't have any feelings. <laughs> okay, <laughs> perfect. Take that to the bank. And if you tell me that corn is green, I will say no, even though it is. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> okay. Uh, thus. Um, Okay, so plant-based diets. Uh, we'll come back to plant-based diets because we've got some things to talk about there. Low-carb diets. Um, and low-carb diets, so this uh, the ones that restrict, obviously, um, the carbs and, and generally increase your fat intake. Yep. Um, so that's so your a really good diets. way to do that one is to just cut out everything that isn't a cocktail weenie because there's no <laughs> carbs in those. 
exactly. Uh, yeah, so Atkins, Again, Keto, Paleo. As a medical professional, I am not responsible or liable if you are dumb enough to just take my advice. <laughs> okay. Um, yes, so low-carb diets. We'll come back to that. Raw food diets. This one I wasn't aware of at all until relatively recently. I didn't know people did this. Yeah, but, don't do um, this one with cocktail weenies. <laughs> There's no such thing as a raw cocktail weenie. That doesn't exist. They're cured. Well, not cooked. well exactly. actually. <laughs> raw. Okay. The idea there is obviously Curing you're trying to exclude. the protein, thus it's not raw anymore. There we go. Okay. It says you exclude foods that have been cooked or heated above 118 degrees Fahrenheit or pasteurized, which seems... I mean, whatever. We'll come back to that one as well. Um, and then uh, a very popular one currently is intermittent fasting or any type of fasting-related diet. Um, and I think we'll start there because that's probably one that mo- I, I know in America it's huge. Um, and I'd imagine internationally, uh, intermittent fasting, uh, candidly, we all intermittent fast, right? I mean, Well, kind of. In, in as much as you yeah, sleep but night. it's intermittent fasting is you're not allowed to eat all day except for between like two and four, and that's when you consume all your caloric intake. Right. There are various types of hours people give themselves. Um, I think sixteen eight is a very popular approach. Uh, that might not be restrictive enough to if you're trying to achieve achieve a particular weight loss goal. Um, some people do. 20, 20. So these numbers are like 16 off. So no, you're fasting for 16 hours, eating for eight, or you're fasting for 20 hours, eating for four. Um, so there's various ways to achieve this. And you can obviously see how this would be effective in weight loss because you're fasting. Um, uh, and then obviously, otherwise you can hydrate yourself outside of that. Um, but um, intermittent fasting comes with some some things to watch out for. Um, I remember the first time I needed to diet. I just I'd gotten married, we had had a child, and I had gained thirty pounds <laughs> because who does it? Yeah, uh, wait, lot lot of popcorn turns out. We won't have um, to go into who doesn't. <laughs> anyway. Um, and the, uh, so we went and got a trainer at the local gym and I remember they were talking diet and this was the first time in my life where I had been exposed to the idea that I needed to diet. Um, because as a teenager and an early 20 year old something, you don't think about dieting as much. Um, I'd grown up being quite athletic and doing things like that. So you don't even think about what you're eating. You can eat anything, anytime. Um, anyway, so this is my first exposure to someone talking really diet um, to a significant amount, at least to, directly to me for a purpose. And so he was talking about um, how your body uh, burns calories and how um, you, you kind of want to keep a constant metabolism going. Um, and so intermittent fasting has some concerns as far as whether or not you're allowing your body to uh, run on a relatively natural uh, metabolic cycle. Um, that aside, intermittent fasting does work, and I've seen it work. I had a friend of mine, uh, so anecdotally, uh, that I think he lost around 60 pounds doing intermittent fasting. He did it, I think, for about a year and lost 60 pounds. Um, 
Once again, intermittent fasting, though, is something that you can do in various approaches. Um, and so that, that that is kind of up to what your goal is. Uh, it is great as far as the mental strain goes, because on a lot of diets, you're constantly thinking about what food you're going to eat and what foods you can't eat. Um, and that's not the case with intermittent fasting. It is literally an on and off switch. So, um, all right, L that's my two cents on intermittent fasting, Matt, Cameron, or Tim, any, uh, intermittent fasting insight before we move on to some of these other diets and how they rank as far as, uh, uh, their effectiveness and things like that. See a doctor, but in would, general, it is a beautiful thing to be able to just spend four solid hours eating. <laughs> Get yourself a membership idea. at the local all-you-can-eat buffet. There you go. <laughs> yes, I feel like I'm I need to put to the disclaimer the out there again. All-you-can-eat buffet. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, I, I would probably be cautious even when you're doing your intermittent fa fasting. I would still do high protein and stuff like that. So you're putting a lot of, you know, those types of calories sure. in your body versus um, emptier right. like breads and stuff like that. So, I mean, so, I still yeah. think even with right. that, that you want to probably be thinking of the type of food that you're going to be consuming. Right. So you have energy to continue. Yeah, I do think, yeah, yeah, like I said, the uh, the considerations here with intermittent fasting, uh, the, the upsides are like this lack of mental strain. It's an on and off switch. However, there are upsides to thinking about the food you're going to eat instead of just continuing to eat whatever you have always been eating because... But there's something also comfortable in just having a routine of knowing that I've got these cocktail weenies and that's all I'll oh ever need. Oh, my heavens. I mean, some people do the cocktail meanies. Me, it's, you know, I go to the local 24-hour um, taco shop, and I just get a giant thing of carne asada nachos, you know. One is probably going to be better for me uh, than the other, so. Okay. All right. I think that's a good point. And, you know, especially when you're considering – I'm sorry. I should be careful what the good point is. The thing that Cameron was actually saying about consider what foods you eat even during your intermittent yes. fasting. Yeah, do yes. that and talk yes. with the doctor or nutritionist to kind of put together that plan. Right. And if the I doctor or nutritionist made... just tells you cocktail weenies, find a new doctor. You've, you've, you found the wrong doctor. <laughs> yeah, Tim? <laughs> no, I, yeah, yeah, that's, no I'm, I was hoping that Matt was saying Cameron's good point was about the carne asada nachos. That's a <laughs> diet I would do. <laughs> uh yes exactly uh carne asada nacho diet not high on the list of weight loss diets but maybe uh, on the so uh <laughs> bulk up for the nfl diet tim um yeah all right let's let's hit on a few of these very popular um because so now i'm going to go back and visit raw food diets low carb diets and plant-based diets and there are a variety of types of diets that you've probably heard about and we're going to talk about some of the rankings of these diets as far as how they score in healthiness and overall weight loss so this comes from well, the u.s are they, are these all going to be weight loss geared not necessarily <clears throat> and that's uh, so the u.s news um puts out a health, a best diets ranking. And this is put together by um, doctors and, and dietitians. And, and so 
um, these are people that know what they're talking about and they, and they score diets, um, based on weight loss and on healthiness. And so you can find this ranking online, but you're listening to my podcast or our podcast right now. So, um, I'll tell you the rankings. So don't, don't leave. Um, okay. So number one for 2023 is the Mediterranean diet. Okay. So this, this is really uh, on the top of everyone's list right now. The Mediterranean diet is, is the, the thing. Um, and, in, and what it is, it's fruits, it's vegetables, it's whole grains, fish, nuts, lentils, olive oil. Um, it's really heavy in all of those types of things, but essentially on top of everyone's list right now, um, is this Mediterranean diet. And that's because it does help with weight loss, but it's also very healthy and they've started tying it to longevity as well. So uh, obviously weight loss can help with longevity, but independent of, I, I think, at least my understanding of some of this research is independent of, of the weight loss. There's also longevity gains just based on the, the healthiness factors and, and the type of food that you're consuming. So Mediterranean diets, um, there, there's, it, it's, it, it's a good diet both for health and, um, and weight loss. And so the U.S. health, this ranking says uh, out of a score of five, they give it a 4.6 overall rank, uh, score. So 4.2 for weight loss and 4.6 for healthiness. And like I said, that is the number one um, diet. And they said the, the big positives, the pros, they said it's um, you, you get diverse foods and flavors. So you get to have a big variety of food. It's not um, there's no counting carbs. There's no calories uh, restriction, it, it, but it's a super high fiber foods. There's nothing that's off limits. Um, and uh and so that obviously you, you get to have a lot of these benefits. Um, I think they don't list it in the cons, but I think the big con, uh, uh, that I see is that, well, the majority of people that listen to us are not in the Mediterranean. So you live in a particular location and the food around but you. That's, that's your con. Not just mm, 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 a nice big bowl of lentils is what I want to eat every night for dinner. Uh, right. Well, if I, I lentils might be my least favorite food. Um, so hey, yes, hey, the, okay. Um, I've got a, I've got to send off here. No joke. Um, my wife just this past week made this lentil salad, served cold, and I was like, served cold, really? And then I ate some, and I was like. Wow, this is good. Coming so, from the man that eats oak, salted okra. I I eat everything, so I am the authority on what tastes good. You guys, you guys only tasted half the taste out there. So I'm telling you, this, I'm gonna we're gonna pass along this recipe. Maybe maybe we can even post it with the the notes, Carl, so that everyone listening can try this lentil salad, and you can see for yourself that lentils can be yum. All right, mm. Tim, that is your thing you have to do this week is post your wife's lentil salad recipe on our Facebook page so everyone can see it. All right. It's it's good, guys. It's good. Can I Don't... post my recipe for cocktail weenies? Uh, yeah, you can post. <laughs> Wait, can we, can, can we get a mashup? Can we get a mashup? Can we get a lentil cocktail weenie salad? That's, and we also uh, put um, our medical disclaimer on the Facebook page. 
Okay, so yes, we'll get Tim's lentil salad um, nonsense on somewhere that you can ignore. Good nonsense. Um, Delicious. <laughs> once again, we live in a particular uh, area, and you have friends that Society. don't eat lentils. Um, yes, and so uh, I'm all for implementing good sound practices and uh, good sound diets. The Mediterranean diet might be a great way to implement uh, good healthy, a good health, heart health good uh, weight loss, all of those things. Uh, but if it's too radical of a change, that's to me a, a one of the cons is that a lot of people jump into these diets with good intentions, but not a realistic approach to what their life, what fits in their life, right? So the Mediterranean diet for all its wonderful positives might not be the thing that fits for you. So um, but consider that it is the overall uh, top diet for a reason. And these are di dietitians and, and uh, nutritionists and medic uh, medical doctors say it's a um, it's a go. OK, the number two diet is the DASH diet. Um, once again, this is according to U.S. Uh, news uh, and be best overall diets of 2023. It scores a 4.4. I'm, I'm that's not order just whatever off of DoorDash. <laughs> if it isn't uh, that, I don't want to know. <laughs> the Different type of diet. Nachos. <laughs> we found it, Tim. Okay, <laughs> Dash. Once again, I did not know this diet. It stands for Dietary Approaches to Stop Hypertension. So this is oh. uh, the big. Um, for those with one high of the, blood pressure. Okay. Exactly. Hypertension standing for high blood pressure. So this is uh, heart disease being still one of the biggest killers in the world. Um, so this is a diet that is supposed to help significantly with um, with your heart disease. And it emphasizes fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and lean meats, low in salt, red meat, and added sugars, and low in fat. So um, Sounds like a is, just eat healthy food diet. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. Um, mm. And a lot of, so this one, it's not geared to be really a weight loss diet um but it can be um once again it's it's more geared for um for, for taking getting control of your health um but a lot of these diets have other health benefits besides so in this case like ob obviously the goal of the diet is to uh control hypertension but the uh, studies have shown that it helps a lower uh, risk of breast and colorectal cancers um, and uh, anything that can help control cancer, obviously a big benefit. Um, so uh, average diet on DASH is uh, five servings of vegetables, five servings of fruit, seven servings of uh, healthy carbs like whole grains, two servings of low fat dairy and two servings of uh or two servings or fewer of lean meat. So, um, and then they recommend having nuts and seeds two or three times a week. So that's the DASH diet. Uh, next diet, the flexitarian diet. And this is tied. This is a tie with the DASH diet. Um, and this is so a 4.4 overall. And uh, the score is low on the weight loss of 4.2. Uh, but uh, that's tied with what the Mediterranean diet was. So uh, low is relative. Um, but uh, once again, all of these are really focusing more on how to be healthy um, than really how to lose weight. So 
uh, turns out those things are related. Um, but um, but yeah, this this one is consume proteins from plants instead of animals. Um, eat mostly fruits, vegetables, beans, whole grains, um, and eat less processed food. And if you've seen the studies out there recently, processed food such as cocktail weenies, uh, not so good for you, it turns out. Um, so anytime you can cut processed foods out of your diet, that's a good place to start. So even if you're not going plant-based or flexitarian, um, that's that's a great place to start. Um, but And then limit your sugar and sweets as well. So um, flexitarian diet. Uh, isn't as as radical as uh, you know going full plant-based or full vegan vegetarian but i'm going to take a quick minute here and do an aside so my mother-in-law had uh heart disease she had a completely uh uh calcified is that what it was calcified artery in her heart she had to have open heart surgery and and had uh, a heart uh valve put in or some i don't remember anyway heart open heart surgery um, and uh, pretty pretty radical, and she had uh, had familial high cholesterol. I mean, crazy high. And uh, post heart surgery, she decided I need to change my diet. <laughs> so she has now been vegan for a large number of years. And, and well, I guess all things are relative. Uh, let's call it seven or eight years that she's been vegan. Uh, and she has knocked her cholesterol off, a, I think, a couple hundred points, um, which is truly astounding. Uh, and she, uh, her heart doesn't have the issues it used to have, it turns out, when you're eating just fruits and vegetables and whole grains all the time, which is all she does. So that is a plug for vegan uh, health benefits, um, vegetarian um but obviously have a lot of the same benefits, but you get to have animal products, which incorporate some fat, which can raise cholesterol. So if you're trying to target specifically cholesterol, like my mother-in-law was, vegan is a ticket and uh, anecdotally uh, went quite well for her. Um, any insights, Cameron, Matt, or Tim, about vegan or ve uh, vegetarian or flexitarian diets? Um, I've also heard vegan diets do wonders for uh, cholesterol and stuff like that. Um, we have had members in our immediate family that have done it for same similar reasons as your mother-in-law. So, right. Yep. Uh, yep. So benefits, benefits. Definitely right, good benefits. Go. Yeah. We're going to hit two more types of diets before we round off here. So, We've got uh, the MIND diet. That's M-I-N-D, which all of these have these acronyms, uh, which stands for the Mediterranean Dash Intervention for Neurodegenerative Delay Diet. That's a mouthful. That certainly needs an acronym there, don't you? Um, and that and the diet, uh, well, as it says, it has to do with some Mediterranean, some Dash. It's uh, it's very plant-centered, so it's kind of a lot of these other diets put together, but uh, it doesn't have a strict specific meal plan, but you're supposed to eat 10 specific types of foods that uh, give brain health. And so the types of food you're supposed to have, green leafy vegetables, 
uh, six or more servings of green leafy vegetables, one serving of non-starchy vegetables, and five or more, five or more servings of nuts. So eat, eat berries, eat beans, eat olive oil, whole grains, fish, and poultry. Um, which, by the way, doesn't add up to 10, but that's the list that they have for me. So you get what I get. Um, so that's the MIND diet. Uh, and on the, uh, the U.S. news ranking, the MIND diet is number four, scores a 4.3 overall. So last diet is the that we're going to discuss here. There are numerous diets. There are a lot of diets out there. So if you want to dig in further, be my guest. But the TLC diet, once again, an acronym here, which stands for the Therapeutic Lifestyle Changes Diet, um, which uh, is, once again, a type of diet that isn't a specific, you know, Weight Watchers type, you know, count the calories type thing. It's a, um, you know, lifestyle. So you're supposed to uh, eat, what you eat is up to you, uh, but you're supposed to keep, uh, cut saturated fat to less than 7% of your daily calories. Make sure you get no, no more than 200 milligrams of dietary cholesterol in a day. And about, um, that's about two ounces of cheese. Incorporate plant stanols or sterols, which are found in vegetable oil and certain types of margarine. And, and eat lots of fruits, vegetables, whole grains, low-fat or non-fat dairy foods, fresh or fish, poultry, and poultry without the skin. So that is the uh, the TLC diet, which again is um, the therapeutic lifestyle changes diet, uh, and that was developed in the early 2000s to help um, reduce cholesterol levels. So, um, so those are some of the various types of diets. Now we hadn't taught taught. Uh, we didn't touch on Weight Watchers or shake diets or these other types of diets that are far more commercialized specifically and, and pack it, prepackaged in order to help you control some of the hardest part of dieting, which really is selecting and preparing the foods, right? So these other diets we talked about, the ones here on the U.S. news uh, ranking are the different types of food to eat um, and how effective implementing those types of food is for both weight loss and health, heart, you know, heart health and the various other types of uh, ways that your, your food influences your health. Um, but the, uh, the, the type of weight loss diets that a lot of people go in for the weight watchers, those types of things can be very effective. Um, the thing with those diets is that they are generally, time bounded, right? Those are, you, you're doing them for a specific amount of time in order to, to get off them. You want to be done with them. These diets we just discussed are, are generally long-term implementation things that, uh, that you're going to do, uh, make a change in your lifestyle. So, um, all right, well, we're going to go ahead and get ready to wrap up here. Matt, um, besides cocktail weenies, uh, any, uh, <laughs> Any particular insights you have for uh, for dieting? Um, no, the biggest one is if before you jump in on a diet, talk to someone who actually can evaluate you and your situation and make medically qualified recommendations, whether this is a weight loss, weight gain, or or diet for any other reason or factor. Talk with someone who is credentialed before you jump in on one of these things. U.S. Yeah. News is great, but U.S. News is not your doctor. <laughs> and they don't know your specific situation. That's a good point. Right. All right. Thanks, Matt. Cameron? 
Um, I would say appropriately credentialed, just a caveat to what Matt said. Oh, yeah. Um, Thank you. <laughs> um, so I mean, a doctorate has, in philosophy is not. Or, uh, I mean, you know, if they have like a podcast. No, like there's a think. difference between like a dietitian and like a registered dietitian. Um, when okay. going to college, my nutrition teacher said uh, he knew someone who got his par- parrot to be a dietitian, um, something like that. That's nice. interesting. Versus uh, <laughs> like an actual, like, they actually had to go to school to do things. Yeah, Make uh-huh, sure you uh-huh. pick the right one. Um, yeah. Otherwise, you end up with people telling you, yeah, just do cocktail weenies, man. <laughs> yeah. Or um, when my mother-in-law was having issues with her kidneys, one of the things they said was avoid MSG. And she's like, oh, where do you find MSG? And she's like, oh, just basically Chinese food. And I was like, why are you in a medical office telling my mother-in-law that that MSG is in a lot more than just Chinese food? So I was a little like, um, why are you talking? Don't talk anymore. Um, but you know, things yes. like that. Perfect. Uh, All do, right. Do some research as well. Like yes. good research. MSG monosodium glutamate, by the way, not uh, not generally good for you. Uh, unless you're listening to uh, Uncle Roger, who will tell you that MSG is the best thing ever in your food. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, it does taste good. Again, appropriate credentials. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks. Okay, so for my final thoughts, uh, a few years ago, I was I was reading a book called Salt, Sugar, Fat. And it um, it was kind of scary because like it, it talks about how the food industry prepares and and uh, plans like recipes and how carefully they'll focus test and and uh, experiment scientifically on the effect that different foods and different combinations of foods, you know, salt, sugar, fat and other ingredients will have on on consumers so that they can they can maximize its attractiveness. And um, so my 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 big t- takeaway in, in talking about diets is I, I I think if you're a regular Joe like like me or you know most of us are I think limit, maybe you're not as it were <laughs> yes that's right you you may not be looking to um, to adopt a, a you know crazy diet and uh, and totally change your lifestyle but um, a couple of things that I feel help me. One is, um, you, you know, uh, my Aunt Mary taught me, actually, that uh, you look at when you're looking at any kind of um, grain product, look at the fiber. And if it's got less than two fiber, grams of fiber per serving, then it's not a it's it's an unhealthy food. It's a it's you know, think of it as kind of like a dessert or something. If you're but if for your regular everyday food for bread. Um, tortillas, crackers, or whatever. If it's not, uh, if it's if it's doesn't have that that fiber in it, that's just a good rule of thumb. Look for two grams or more per serving. Um, and generally speaking, the more fiber, dietary fibers got per per serving, the you know the better off you're going to be from a from a health standpoint. And the other thing that uh, just watch those free sugars. Um, anything that has a high 
high sugar content can um, is, just treat it like a dessert. Um, one one kind of this was a shocker for me when I was growing up. Yogurt, I always thought of yogurt as like a healthy food. Um, but next time you get some yogurt, look at the label and look at the sugar content. Unless you're eating plain yogurt, <laughs> um, it is it's a dessert. And um, if you can tweak a couple of things like that in your dietary choices, you, you don't need to um, adopt the Mediterranean or the flexitarian diet or whatever. If you can just avoid foods that have high um, sugar content and low fiber, um, protein and those kinds of things, um, you, you can generally, I, I feel like you can navigate pretty well in this world in in a nutritional environment that to be honest if you're not paying attention you're you're gonna at some point be in trouble i think there's a reason why western society has an epidemic of obesity and diabetes and heart disease it's that we're uh, we're not trained to be aware of these things that the food industry is you know they're trying to to sell and and sell as much as they can so anyways Adopt one of these diets if you want, or just caveat emptorum. You know, let the eater be. Appreciate that type of language. <laughs> what, how would what would the Latin for let the eater beware? Snackeat emptorum. No, I guess caveat snackorum. That's the. <laughs> Tim, I don't know if you know, Latin is dead. <laughs> We're bringing it back, baby. <laughs> Mediterranean diet, the Latins knew. <laughs> the Romans uh, aside, knew. I believe Tim and I had the goal in college to bring Latin back. Didn't we? <laughs> Did it work? <laughs> Working well. Well, apparently Tim's still trying. I gave up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, now, now we've got this huge platform. That, uh, so it's e a, pluribus unum. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. And so my, my last, um, I guess, insights into both anecdotally and things I've heard from doctors and uh, those types of things is, um, I mean, we just talked about diet today. Exercise does an important part of a whole overall uh, you know, healthy lifestyle. So consider that um, also if you uh, if you're intermittent fasting to the point where you can't also exercise, you're probably doing it wrong. Um, so. Just a consideration. Um, and then I guess the big thing is, and, and Tim mentioned this, Matt mentioned the, the lifestyle, the, the, the way that you implement a diet is specific to you and it's a lifestyle change. And so consider your lifestyle. And, and if you need to see a doctor, if you need to go see a, a dietitian, a registered dietitian, you know, do those things. Um, if you're having issues with anorexia, bulimia, uh, all those other, please go do that. But for the layman out there that just has, you know, a gut or has some love handle, you know, what, whatever you might be struggling with, knock off the low hanging fruit. Like you don't have to change your life radically in order to make positive gains. So if you are slamming a bag of popcorn every night, <laughs> like I used to. Hey, popcorn is grain. I don't know what the problem is. <laughs> Health food. Fiber. <laughs> right. Uh, consider maybe not doing that every day. You know, like there's um, there's low-hanging fruit in your life. And instead of having to completely rewrite your life, find the low-hanging fruit and cut it out. 
right? And uh, and that that will be relatively easy as far as not having to change your lifestyle, but have some of the positive influx, uh, impacts in your health, uh, life, um, you know, quality, your quality of life, your your weight, but also your your health. And so, uh, if it's if it's candy, if it's sugar, like Tim mentioned, like if you know the, the consideration of how much processed sugar you're putting into your body is a big one. Um, so think about that if you're saying, oh, I, I do pretty well, and then you're eating a bag of Skittles as your dinner, even if you're not gaining weight, you're doing probably some bad things to your uh, your body. So cut out that low-hanging fruit, use some common sense. But then, yeah, if you if you have, you know, if you want to do a big, if you need a big lifestyle change, if you do have big health concerns, there are doctors, there are dietitians, there are people that can actually help you get on the right road um, and not be led down the uh, cocktail weenie road and uh, deal with scurvy. So, um, but as a, as a layman, go ahead and make the, uh, the small changes necessary to uh, reap some, some great rewards as far as health uh, is concerned. And uh, that will be our, my uh, way to sign off here. So thanks, Matt. Thanks, Cameron. Thanks, Tim. And, uh, oh, before we do sign off, I guess, um, I still, I mentioned this before, but I'm always very happy that we have a Tasmanian listener. We have someone in Tasmania that listens religiously. So thank you. Um, we have, uh, right now the, uh, our, the listeners in India have really taken off, uh, that used to be neck and neck with the, the UK. It's no longer India far outpaces. So either the UK needs to step it up or we're just need to go on a trip to India. Um, Either way, I'm good with it. So thank you, everyone that's listening. Share this on whatever platform you share things on. Word of mouth is great, too. Um, And we'll be back again next podcast. Thanks. Thanks.